0: to Life in Limbo, a podcast about building a life you love on the foundation of what's most important to you. I'm your host, Stephanie Pellet, and each week I'll be chatting with an interesting person or sharing my own reflections on how we can stay connected to our personal values, measure what matters most to us, listen to our own voices, and build a life we love. Today on the podcast, I'm talking to my friend Sonia Seiler about why you can't skip the hard parts and how everything reflects everything. Let's go. Hi, Sonia. Hi. How happy are we right now? I'm very happy. I feel like we are very happy. We are the happiest people. Yeah. Moments ago. Yeah. Mere moments ago. What happened? My retreat sold out. Ah! Yeah. It's a very good feeling. In like less than a month. Yeah. What day did we launch the early bird? September 1st. Yeah. And we're recording this on the 27th? Mm Mm-hmm. And it sold out. It did. Moments ago. Literally moments ago. Literally moments ago. We're both so excited. We were planning to record the episode anyway. Yeah. And the registration came in as soon as you got here. Yes. It's such a good feeling. (laughs) I. I mean, we're both so excited. And and I thought, what better time now, even better to discuss what we're going to be talking about today. Yes. I'm so excited to talk about your journey with Nurture. But first, tell the people who you are, what Nurture is. Why it's important to you? The people. (laughs) Tell the people what they want. Tell the people what they want. Um, My name is Sonia,
1: and nurture is uh, something that I started when I went through what I affectionately call a long, dark night of the soul. Um, (laughs) And it was uh, a bunch of things that happened in my life that cumulatively had brought me to my knees. And in that moment was actually a moment that I experienced probably... A, the biggest wave of unconditional love that I've ever felt before um, at my darkest moment. And that really surprised me. Um, but the truth of it was, coming out of that, I sort of asked this question to my living room wall, um, to the <laughs> thing, AKA God, AKA God <laughs> uh, to the thing that is greater than me. And the question was, you know, I f- am feeling the undeniability of the fact that I'm unconditionally loved, and therefore, it's a lie that I am anything other than that. Um, but I am not quite sure how to love myself. And so I kind of was just like, how? <laughs> you know? Um, it was much more dramatic than that, though. Probably like hiccups in the middle of it. Like, how? You know, like that. Um, but the answer was uh, kind of with a bit of a sense of humor because that's how. Um, you know, my in my relationship with with God, that's what I call it. You can call it what you like, but it with God just was kind of like, well, <laughs> like just do the things you love, Sonia. And I was like, oh, like is it as simple as that? And yes, it doesn't mean it's necessarily easy, but it, it was as simple as that. And I was like, okay, I'm just gonna start doing the things that I feel called to do and started doing them I love to sing I love to cook I love to write I love to take photographs um, lots of creative kinds of things and I started infusing my life with them and I would say that in the course of maybe even like as soon as a month of just doing that and following these like little inner impulses I call them tugs tugs of the heart tugs of the soul <laughs> um, I I was a different person I feel it like, because I was living from an entirely different motivation. And it was in that phase of transformation that other people started to take note of like, Hey, what's different about you, Sonia, what's happening. Um, and I had a, a, a serendipitous experience, um, with a woman down the street from me whom I didn't know who eventually gave me the idea to say like, Hey, you should start a retreat, uh, that, <laughs> you know, that, uh, Sort of combines all of these things that you are about, including food, including bringing people together. I've always been someone who likes to connect to other people, um, and I have a deep passion for people who are also pioneers of some kind. And I feel like an entrepreneur is a lot like a pioneer: people who have an idea and want to make it happen, and have the um, not only the ambition but also the energy and the the wherewithal to see it through because it's not always easy. And I kind of wanted to bring some light to that. So that's what nurture. Is in a in a long nutshell, <laughs> um, in a large nutshell, a
0: large nutshell, Brazil nut, like a
1: macadamia nutshell, there you go. A Brazil nut, um, and uh, yeah, that and, and and so I started this retreat, um, and that's how it's that's how it began. Was in the shape of a retreat, women coming together, women who are um, explorers or entrepreneurs, have their own businesses or are creative in some way, learning from other women who were on my radar as people who were living what they were creating or that their creations were somehow inspiring them in their own lives as women, but also in their own lives as women who are business owners. Um, I really feel uh, like women don't have the opportunity to connect as much as perhaps it was ingrained into daily life back in the day in my favorite era of the pioneers. (laughs) In Little House on the Prairie Times. Times. Um, Yeah, like you used to gather with your... Um, with the women in your town or the women in your community, the women in your family, a lot in the kitchen or around like making things, the, the structure, uh, was about like using your hands. Um, you know, you're canning something or you're working on a quilt or whatever. And I feel like it wasn't so much about what you were making, but it was more about the conversations that were happening, not only like vocally, but also energetically in those spaces that don't happen as much anymore. And so I'm pretty passionate about, gathering together and making things with other women, learning about the inspiration behind someone's creative process, uh, sharing that, um, yeah, tangibly, but also, like, through the ether, and then using food as a way to sort of call, like, a siren call, (laughs) the people there. Um, And then Nurture grew from a retreat into a bigger community. I wanted to involve men as well because... Much as I love and am drawn to women and their stories and their journeys, I also really um, enjoy being inspired by men. And so we started uh, a monthly dinner series called uh, Nurture Harvest Table Dinners. And, yeah.
0: It's, it's our anniversary of Harvest Table Dinners. It Fitness. is our an-
1: one-year anniversary uh, coming up. Um, and that's really exciting, too. So lots to be happy about. Like, I'm still... I'm rambling a bit, but I'm just still... <laughs> I've stolen a little bit of happy shock. It's happy shock. Happy shock.
0: Yeah. It's it's so cool to, to see your journey in the small portion that I've seen. Because this is your fifth retreat. Mm-hmm. So there are a number that I was not a part of
1: mm-hmm.
0: that I'm very sad I was not a part of. But we didn't know each other before. Um, so I was just at the last retreat, so number four. Um, but for anybody who knows us personally... They might have been like, huh, I wonder why Sonia hasn't been on the podcast yet. That's weird, because Sonia and I are very, very close (laughs) friends and see each other many, many times a week. Mm -hmm. Um, But the fact of the matter is that when I launched the podcast, we both felt in our guts that it was just not the time. It just really didn't feel like the time, and you know, my word for the year is flow. And you and I are both about like not forcing things if they're not working. And we were just like, it's not the time because you had just gone through something really hard. And actually, you know, the last two retreats that you had tried to plan were challenging for you. Probably all the retreats were challenging Mm -hmm. in certain ways. Um, And so it really didn't feel, it felt like you were in this like (laughs) um, incubation period where things were, not, you hadn't come off to the other side yet. You were like in it, you're still really, really in it. And while there's like something to be said for talking about things while you're in them, it also just didn't feel right. Mm-hmm. So do you want to talk a little bit about that and the challenges that you were sort of feeling earlier this year and around the day retreat and the last retreat and sort of how things have shifted?
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I don't think I have fully digested the lesson of those times yet. Which is probably also why I didn't feel right to jump in in the middle of mm-hmm. <laughs> of that. Um, yeah, I want to say I had every retreat from it from the very first one. I have this tendency to have um, a very clear vision of what I want, and it's a vision that usually is at a very particular standard, and uh, in the case of a retreat, which is not only, you know, the rental of a space and the food being at a certain level and the retreat workshop materials being at a certain level, the aesthetic being at a certain level, uh, that costs money. It's just a reality. Um, and I think at the beginning when I first started, I was very naive, uh, in running a business because I just wasn't I wasn't prepared for the financial realities of it. And I wasn't educated on how to do that in a way that avoided mistakes. But I don't think anyone is starting a business. I feel like mistakes are just lessons in disguise. Um, and I learned some, like, I learned many the hard way. Especially the financial <laughs> ones the hard way. But they, the financial ones had, like, a direct correlation to, um, I think, both my how should I phrase it? Like both my, my standard of integrity and in my vision, but also where I was lacking in integrity around my own boundaries and my own sense of self-worth. Um, mm-hmm. Because I really feel like if you were to look at all of the retreats I've led up until now, there's nothing that's changed about the level or, or the magic of them because I've always been devoted to that. But I was devoted to that at the cost of my own... Well, li- at literal co- cost. So like financially, yeah. but also like at the cost of my own um, my own willingness to like bend and like invest financially or otherwise energetically in things just to make it up at this level. So it's like, I don't want to say I necessarily betrayed myself because it was never coming from a, like a, a bad place energetically, but more right. so it was coming from a, an inner weakness of not believing in enough in myself or in this thing that I had to offer and rather coming from a more scrambly energy of like, I know it's really good, but I hadn't gotten to the place of self-confidence in myself enough to just be like, trust that. And like the people who it, it's meant to attract will come. Um, and rather was operating on a, from a more, that uh, so like a neediness, a needy quality, or like a, like, please, please come or, yeah. you know, like I'm like <laughs> begging people or like in certain cases paying people to be there. And by that it's like, you know, uh, yeah, I spent I spent my life savings on operating the first couple of retreats um, just so that they could be at a certain standard. Would I do that again if I had a time machine and could travel back? Um, the answer is no. The answer is I would do a lot of things differently. Um, but I'm really glad it happened the way that it did, because I got Mm -hmm. to learn the lesson in a really beautiful on brand way. Mm -hmm. Like nurture is all about being with yourself through seasons of ups and downs. And I've had so many ups. Like I said, like every single retreat that's run to date has had this like Mm -hmm. incredible magic to it. The connections that are made between the women who attend, um, and the, the sort of like impact of those connections um I like to think of nurture and my part in it as being like I'm a steward of the space and like and and I I provide the food and that's sort (laughs) of like my my magic if you will but then the rest of it is just something that is co-created and um and there's been some like just yeah miraculous connections there and it's really lovely to see that play out in sort of this like web that continues to to um what does a web do? I don't know, it's like it's keeps, sorry, keeps on growing. It keeps growing. It's like, it's like <laughs> there's Richer more b- bugs get caught in it. <laughs> no, it's not what I mean. Anyway, <laughs> I'm being silly. Um yeah, all that to say that I feel like In March, I had tried to do a day retreat um, because after my last full weekend retreat, the feedback was like, you know what, perhaps if you offered something at a lower price point and it was just a day and those of us who have children or families or whatever who can't get away for a whole weekend could come and if it was in the city, then those of us who don't have cars or transportation could make it because it would be ideally TTC accessible. And so I designed a retreat like specifically catered to those um, requests. And then launched it and then like, not a soul bought a ticket or even really expressed interest beyond like, Oh, that sounds amazing. Or I can't come or the date doesn't work for me. Uh, it turns out anyone considering running a retreat, don't do it in March. <laughs> 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 it's just not a good month. I didn't know that I'd never tried. And there's no like thing you can just consult on the, on the web that I know of. That's like when to run a retreat and when mm-hmm. not to run a retreat. Um, just X March off the calendar. Um, I I think uh, that 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 feedback to me of essentially, you know, I, I joked about it and said like I was running a retreat for crickets. Like it's like that that just sort of like dead silence and the non-response felt so potent and so difficult for me. Like I. I've always believed in what I've done and I've gone through some hard times before and come out through the other side, but this one really shook me.
0: It was heartbreaking.
1: And I, I got, yeah, I, I felt it in my body. I felt like completely burnt out by it. And I was surprised by, by what, like I'd heard about burnout before. And I think I'd even like maybe been a bit energetically burnt out before, but this was like burnout on a new level. And I felt so lost and sad and discouraged and like the closest I've ever been to giving up because nurture is what really brought me back to life in myself and in my body and my own heart and my own spirit back at my like long dark night of the soul but this was like almost like another one and I and I (laughs) I was like okay God like what what do you want me to do do you want me to just stop this like it seems to be having no effect I can't you know and I was like just meeting walls wherever I went. And I tried hard to sell that retreat. I did everything that I could think of and still nothing. And I eventually had to cancel and, and pay for the, the venue again, like another expensive thing. And so I think that that led me to the decision ultimately that I needed to not do that again. Like I needed to not have it cost so much to me emotionally and financially Um, and that, that carried me forward into, into making new decisions about the business. And ultimately I ended up deciding not to quit because I did the very thing that started Nurture in the first place, which was again, to bring myself out of the darkness by following the little tugs of my heart and like, what would feel good right now? What would feel nourishing right now? Oh, my, my heart really wants to like go and buy counterintuitively. This is what (laughs) did it. It's so small, (laughs) but it was like, my heart really wants to go and buy, some hand cream that comes in those like metal uh tubes that is expensive, right? I just had I've always wanted one. I've always been wanted to like carry one in my purse and I wanted to smell really good and smell really expensive. I just never bought myself one. And then despite the fact that I had just spent on, on a, on a space that I didn't have, you know, for a space that I thought I was going to get back and then didn't. And like all of these other costs leading up to it, I was like, you know what I'm going to do? My heart is telling me to go buy expensive hand cream in a tube. And I did. And I felt so good after Mm -hmm. I felt really (laughs) like that's what I was supposed to do. So yeah, it was following that and it brought me back out of it. And, um, it told me to invest in, in making sure that the business was sustainable um, and on all levels. And that's when I hired you. <laughs> that
0: is that is true. You can't see, but I'm like, love beating <laughs> at her. <laughs> um, I do want to talk about that, but I wondered just before we move on to that, whether there was anything else that really, any other factors that really helped you tune in and buy into that story of your self-worth, of realizing... Finally having the confidence in the retreat to be like, this is important enough for me to invest in. Like what were what was that process or was it all just mental decisions? Was that retreat just a shift for you? What else helped you to really own this retreat and and get ready to invest in it? Well, I think what you just said is the thing, is owning.
1: Like I there's and, and I need to be reminded of this almost constantly, but it is the fact that I am an agent in my own life. So therefore it that fact and it comes to me in different ways. Sometimes it's like in a poem or someone mentions it on a podcast or you read it in a book or you just have a little another little whoosh that comes into your mind and it's like, oh yeah, I create my own reality. (laughs) You know? So That takes me away from the victim stance, which when you're already like physically and emotionally and mentally and financially depleted is a lot easier to be in the victim stance. And I spent some time there. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. You know, uh, you witnessed it. It's fine. And it's natural, but I think it was having compassion for myself and being like, okay, I'm here right now, but I have a choice whether I continue in this space or whether I move forward. And, and that choice to me was like, if I am currently calling in, silence or like calling in crickets or calling in, um, people who want to take advantage of me and or cross a boundary in some way, then I also have the power to do something about that. And I can also access my faith. Uh, and I don't mean that in the religious sense. I just mean my, the ways in which I tune in to the messages that I need to receive, um, whether that be through prayer or meditation or conversation with good friends or anything like that that I can really access some wisdom there and that, and that your gut always knows, your, your heart always knows like what the next right step is to do. And it might not be easy, but it also within that seed contains the energy with which to do the hard thing. Mm-hmm. And that ultimately, I think every time that I was reminded, again, like Sonia, you have agency, this does not have to be your continued story. I think I got a lot of juice out of that story. I think that story has a lot of impact in the retelling of it that I needed to let go of, Mm. uh, because it, it paints me as this, because you look at the stuff that I put out on Instagram or whatever, and you see it on paper and you're like, nurture sounds amazing. This is so really cool, blah, blah, blah. And then I get to be that amazing person and do all these things and have this, um, positive feedback. And then people, uh, get to hear the like sob story about how it like didn't work out or how I you know invested all this money and blah blah blah. What was me? What was me? What was me? And I know you just heard it, but it it's more so in the energy where that story is coming from, right? Like seeking like, validation for that story. Well, it's it's the facts of the matter, like and I and I I. I aspire to tell it more from a factual
0: place than a place that's like trying to solicit pity. That's what i mean. Yeah. Now i think when you tell it it's not seeking validation whereas yes. after it first happened it was something like can you believe that this this horrible crazy thing happened to me and blah blah, blah you know yeah. cuz in we were talking about this just last night like that's becoming more and more popular for entrepreneurs to tell their failure story or how they messed up and that's become kind of glorified mm-hmm. um so yeah so that's interesting to see that you've kind of moved away from trying to make that a way for you know to to have validation for the business Mm -hmm. and I feel like and as soon as you I say you as soon as
1: I made the decision to no longer invest in the payoff that that story was Mm giving me girl right like I think that was the moment and it and I say moment there's multiple moments I still need to be reminded sometime because That's a practice pattern. That Mm -hmm. is like how I've responded to so many things in my life. Um, My romantic relationships is another arena where that's the case. Look how amazing of a person I am, and yet I'm still not in a Mm relationship. You know, like that story is like it's got the right lighting, it's got a soundtrack, it's got everything. (laughs) You know, Um, and yet, and then yeah, it's about understanding. It's like I actually have the agency to rewrite that story, but first I have to acknowledge the fact that I am giving it energy by in the retelling of it. Mm. Um in the retelling of it from a place that is anything other than just facts. Right. And so the facts of the matter are when it comes to the retreat, like, yeah, all these things happened, but they were all lessons. And ultimately those lessons brought me to a place where I was kind of I needed to I was forced to make the decision either you continue to feel sorry for yourself and remain in a victim stance and keep telling the story of how, you know, like you're this wonderful person, you have these wonderful ideas, but like no one's buying them or like no one, whatever. Or you like fully own the fact Mm. that you are actually, you know, here to do something and provide something Mm. and that there's no shame and there's no, um, in fact, that is what is required of you is to own it. You know, that's like, I need to know and I need to feel that no matter what anyone else's, uh, responses to it, whether people buy tickets or not, it's like, I know in my heart, I'm like, nurture is freaking magical. Right, and I know that I can take, uh, I can take credit for creating a space for it to happen, Um, and I can remain humble about the fact that other people who also see that and feel that from my passion show up, and then they add their energy to it, and Mm -hmm. then it's a co-created miracle, (laughs) you know, Um, and that that is something that it is a privilege to be a part of. And every time I remind myself of that, it immediately humbles me, but it also makes me have the energy to show up and just be like, I'm just me. I'm a human being who is, like, called to a purpose, who is going to just follow the little signs and tugs and probably fall down sometimes and then get back up again Mm because I have a really amazing community Mm -hmm. um, and people to support me in that. But I also have myself, and I feel like it's like if you can fall hard and then also – be an agent enough in your own life to like get yourself back up again. That is what builds self-esteem totally. (laughs) You know, so I'm like, I have built my own self-esteem back up. And that is what gives me the confidence to say like, this is my retreat. This is what it costs. This is who's going to be there. This is who I want to show up at the table. Um, these, these are my values. This is how I do business. Mm -hmm. Um, and Come all ye who resonate with that, (laughs) (laughs) you know, with welcome open arms and, 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 and nothing less, nothing more in a way. Right. Like it's, it's, it's this thing that's created and it's got its own frequency. So like, just either, you know, and I don't take it personally anymore. I think I really took it personally before when people were either like, so many people say, Oh, I love nurture. I really want to come to nurture or whatever. And then they, they don't buy a ticket. You know, and that's nothing against them, but it's like there's a lot of fluff. And it, and and if you follow the fluff, then you can be up one day, down the next, you know, according to how many likes something got on Instagram or like whether or not someone noticed you or wrote about you or showed up to an event. It's like it doesn't really matter. It's like at the end of the day, does it light up your heart? And the answer to nurture has always been Fuck yes! <laughs> like I'm like, there's nothing that gives me more joy than connecting people, feeding people, having people come together, talk about things that are real, um, eat really good food, candles. You know,
0: always candles. Always candles. My eyes just got so big when you said "follow the fluff." Like I, I hadn't heard you put it that way before, but yeah. damn, that's good because in so many ways like that's what we hear from other people too it's like you almost like what you were saying earlier about how you tried to design this retreat based on all of these things that people were saying and you kind of it was still nurture you hadn't compromised on anything about that but you were kind of trying to shoehorn it into this this format that you thought people would like instead of following what you yourself felt mm-hmm. was going to be the real thing that people needed mm-hmm. and almost like being ahead of the curve and being like i know you're saying that's what you need but actually i know what you need and you need the full weekend you yeah. know um so now for you to realize like that's such a good shorthand for you to be like am i following the fluff right now or am i staying true to what's super important to me. Mm -hmm. Um, okay. Now I want to talk about our work together because I think it's also such a good metaphor for how you invested in the business in a way that you hadn't ever before. And I can't take credit for that. You know, your decision to invest and get ready way ahead of time in this amazing way. And for us to be working, like we worked on this since may and every month we're meeting a couple times a month and we're working through every single step that needs to get done before our retreat in november that's a big lead time Mm -hmm. and for you to be recognizing okay there's value in us taking every step to do it right and like there's a humility in that too because there was a long period in that time where you're watching other people do shiny things and having shiny successes and I remember there was a time, I think it was like in August, when you were feeling a little down because you're just like, I don't know, it feels like we're not getting anywhere. We're just, well, you weren't saying that to me about our work together, but just for nurture, you're like, what, what are we doing and and all these things. And then for us to launch in September, September 1st, we launch and by the end of September, it's completely sold out. It's, it's a beautiful metaphor because you had to go through that humble, humble period of being like, it doesn't feel like anything's moving. Mm-hmm. It doesn't feel like anything's changing. But I'm still going to believe in the vision enough to take the time to do every single step right. And you did. And, like, I mean, that's something I'm so personally passionate about. And you are, too, of being like, okay, well, everything matters. Mm-hmm. the the, the form that people fill out after they register, how does the checkout form look on your website? The copy you invested with our, our work with, um, our friend arena, who's so wonderful to like make it really resonate with people. Every single step of that matters. And every single step has made a difference because now look at you girl. (laughs) I know (laughs) it feels so good. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. How does that feel to have gone through that period and, have kept that faith and now see the return on your investment. It feels really good. I feel like it's almost
1: like that, like, like working with you is equivalent to working with like a personal trainer Mm. on your body, because it's like, it's that consistency and like, you still have to go to the gym in between sessions, but that personal trainer is always like guiding you back to like, Oh, let's do this or Mm. let's correct your form or whatever. Um, And And you can't skip it and still hope. Exactly. You can't be like, oh, let me just see my trainer (laughs) twice a month, and by the end of it, I will look like something from a magazine. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, because if I don't do the homework you assign, and if I don't, like, I can't just put all of my energy like I can't dump it all in you I can be like oh my gosh I've hired someone so I don't have to do the work anymore mm. it's the opposite it's like I've hired someone so I actually have to like stand even more in the work that I'm doing so that um our time spent together is fruitful you know because you need data you need things to be ready on time and information and stuff that that and that is the the magical part that only I can create because that's the product right like and that's also the thing that i'm good at but what you're good at i feel like our talents really mesh well together and and we often share a brain so that's helpful too always helpful <laughs> but but that you know you're able to understand and take like what it is that i've created but then like break it down into these steps whereas i think more in concepts and i think more in like um big picture although i love the a detail too but i'm i, I get as many people do who start something, I get into that, like, I'm going to call it like founder overwhelm. Yeah. You know, at where you're just like, I know what it is I'm creating and I know the spirit of it and I can feel it. I can recreate it. I can, I, I have talents in this area. And yet there's so much of the day to day and the realities and the more tangible things in running a successful business that you, as a as someone, when it's just you and yet your business is like, feels bigger, you know, it's not like you're making like, just, I don't know, like I'm going to give the example of like someone who makes jam for a, for a farmer's market, right? It's like, you have a, a very specific thing that you're doing and you go and you make this many jars and then you sell them. And it's like, that feels a lot. But if you're, if you're operating a company that is about the sum being, or the whole being greater than the sum of its parts, that it can often look online. Like people will write, will write me emails being like how can I get in touch with you know so and I'm like it's just me it's just me on the other end like <laughs> um and and I bring teams together for the different uh events and 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 I've hired you and and that's awesome I feel like you are just part of nurture but it's it's still just me and I feel so lost sometimes like decision fatigue is a thing and um you know, I'm I'm butted up consistently against m- my own uh, lesson opportunities. You know, um, temptation is a big one, I think. Sometimes temptation to do something the easy way or to do something the way in which mm. it feels like everyone else is condoning. Mm. But, and there's like something in your gut that's like, oh, probably not, but wouldn't it be great to have this thing happen or whatever, or to, to have this feature or this person or whatever it is. And, and yet if you don't have someone to bounce that off of, like, I feel like that's something that I value the most in our working relationship, also in our friendship, but to be able to like come forward with an idea or, or something happening and then to have the reflection back to say like, you basically just ask me again, like, what are your values? Right. <laughs> right. But, but it, that can be a hard question to ask yourself when you're stuck in the middle yeah. of a temptation or when you're stuck in the middle of a spiral of some kind, mm-hmm. which let's be real, those happen too. So it's like, <laughs> you know, just to be able to say like what, and then you, you ask me or say in your beautiful stuff way, like, what are, what are your values again? <laughs> um, and then I'm like, right, 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 right. And it all makes sense again. And it's great. But it's giving those like tangible things, but also having you there to understand the back end of the business Mm -hmm. and all the things that you're good at that I'm not. And I think that that's a huge bonus to anyone running a company. It's like find expert, find the people who are lit up by spreadsheets, who are lit up by, you know, all of the things, whatever. If you're lit up by spreadsheets, find the person who's lit up by the idea making. You know what I mean? Like Mm -hmm. I feel like, Finding the people who live and breathe the things that are not your areas of expertise allows you to be a better expert in your mm-hmm. area of expertise and mm-hmm. to feel supported and to have community around this idea that you're bringing into the world just feels so good.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think you touched on such an important point too um, that I hadn't really thought about it that way of the temptation thing. And I think especially when you're in that kind of build period or gestation period where things are not launched yet but you're building them, nobody's watching you Mm -hmm. so and there's a million decisions you know that you're making this thing and at any point in the process you could compromise or you could do something to I don't know just like not do it as well as you could do it and and you do have to come back again and again and again and again to like what's important to you and to recognize that every detail really does matter like Mm -hmm. how the person feels when they're interacting with the business at every single stage like that's you know Seth Godin talks about that. That's marketing. You can't have a restaurant that pretends to be like a fancy, fancy ass place, and then the bathroom is disgusting because that's marketing. The bathroom has to match. Mm-hmm. So everything reflects everything. That is like my motto. I to <laughs> ask you. I just I'm pointing at <laughs> my notes with <laughs> excitement. Um, I wanted to ask you about your favorite motto. Everything reflects everything. This is a perfect segue. Okay. What does that mean to you? And how how do you sort of Bring that in, in your business and in your life. It means a lot of things
1: to me. I mean, I could, talk, I could do a whole podcast episode just on this thing. I will try and keep it in a smaller nutshell this time. <laughs> pistachio size. <laughs> um, yeah, Everything Reflects Everything, to me, is just a beautiful way out of uh, or into um, something that helps you transform something you're struggling with. So I think, for example... If I am going through something, let's say, with a friend, and I'm really struggling, uh, then I can actually look at my outside environment, and I can look at the state of my purse, make it smaller, the state of my wallet. Uh, I can open my fridge. I can open my cupboards. I can open my closet. And I can see that there's some disarray there, perhaps, or that things are not in order, and things are out of place, or... I haven't cleaned in a while or, or when's the last time I washed my hair or something like that. Because to me, I feel like oftentimes when you're working through something emotional, you can feel at a loss for exactly how to address it. Whereas if you're doing something tangible, it can be a step into the next step that you need to take emotionally. Mm. Um, and I often see that, um, it's a way it's almost like a little clue clues are left everywhere in your household in your relationships like it can be a bit more esoteric than just the actual tangible thing but it's like who am I still friends with Mm -hmm. you know like who's in my circle um who am I dating uh who am I letting in energetically who are my customers like these are all of the things that um are a reflection of where you're at and it's not so much like a judgment of where you're at it's just a reflection I think that distinction is really important that that was going to be my next question
0: how do you stop yourself from letting that be a way like a self-flagellation device oh yeah I mean and that's the thing right because I've I've so often experienced
1: it in a more self-flagellating way and I think that um but it's, all, it's, funnily enough, it's the same quote or the same mantra that brings me back to a way of not flage- flagellating myself. <laughs> that sounds so sexual. It does, actually. Hello. <laughs> Self-flagellation. I mean. Um, okay. We digress. Uh, but, no, it's that same mantra that brings me back to something. If everything reflects everything and I'm in a state of confusion or um, or I'm beating myself up about something, then it's like, well, then the next prompt is for me to be ca- Care filled about whatever it is I'm doing with myself. So it's like, because if I am acting with care, even if that means, hey, I'm going to do my dishes right now, or I'm going to fold my clothes, or I'm going to um, water my plants and talk to them, you know, <laughs> like whatever it, that small little act is, it actually changes the vibration of your experience because you are tending to something and you are showing it love. Um, and that
0: those things don't just exist in their own vacuum. No, there's no vacuums so that impacts every everything. Other
1: thing. Yeah. So, so to me, it is both like a little prompt that is helpful when I'm struggling with something, but it is also the way in which I do my work. So, I work a lot with food, um, and I truly believe that um, where an ingredient comes from, how it's grown, who's growing it, the state of mind in which that person was growing it, the state of mind in which um, I'm in when I'm choosing produce. Um, how something can, like, speak to me uh, on a shelf or or at a market. Um, like, sometimes I can just see... I can see a vegetable, and I'll be like, Vegetable, you have been loved. You know? <laughs> <laughs> like, you can just tell. I'm like, listen, this very much loved zucchini. Like, I can tell that this... Far- like, sometimes... And, and this is, like, you'll get a real glimpse into me now in my soul. <laughs> but, like, I... I was catering a retreat uh, this summer um, for Firefly Creative Writing on Georgian Bay, and it was like the peak of produce season, just like the most beautiful produce around. And everything was so colorful and everything, like I designed a lot of the dishes so that like things that grow, grow, grow together, go together, you know? <laughs> um, and so there are these beautiful dishes, and I sat there after one of the dinners, and I just, I remember having the thought, like, that I just cried because of Ontario. I'm going to cry right now. <laughs> just cry. I cried because I, I, there are people who work every day. It's the like diligence, it's, like getting up at like yeah. how the crack of dawn. It is feeding the animals. It is like towing the land. It is putting these seeds, having the faith that they will grow like as a metaphor and as an actuality, like these things touch me deeply. So, yeah. so that everything reflects everything. It's not just the things themselves. It's the things they represent. Um, and, I mean, food and, and and things that grow plants, vegetables, fruits, et cetera, like, those have a beautiful metaphor inside of them as well. Yeah. And so it's, like, I understand the notion of, like, planting a seed and waiting mm-hmm. and not just, like, the, it's that classic story of, like, you know, you can't just, like, keep bringing up the earth and, and, checking, and checking to see, yeah. is it growing, is it growing, is it growing? And I've and I found myself at so many times in running this business but also in my personal life of, like, this feeling of, like, is anything happening? Like, is actually anything happening? Because I don't feel anything's happening. I feel stuck in the middle of some vast sea with, like, no land inside. sight. I'm mixing metaphors. Frozen terrain. But just, you know, like, just just lost and, and thinking, like, nothing's happening. But the reality is something is always happening. Everything reflects everything. Um, and you're just at that stage in the season of your process. And seasonality really plays into a lot of the ways in which I work with food. And so it's, like, respecting all of the ways in which, you know... It, you can, your, your cycles can turn over at uh, different things are ready at different times. I really am also passionate about like for women, like our menstrual cycles are really inspiring to me and how we have different stages and seasons of, um, of producing things and then a, a willingness to shed things and the letting go moon cycles. Like it they're all, they all interplay so well together. and and that's to me always been a sign of confirmation that something rings true is if, multiple angles or multiple modalities are saying the same thing maybe in different words um so to me that is I mean to me that is God (laughs) like to me that is that is um the universe's way of, of affirming life and I think that's really beautiful and I like playing with that I like I like experimenting with it I like understanding that You know, the way in which someone does something or the energy with which they show up to something is the energy which is felt not only by the person who's doing the doing, but the person who's experiencing the thing. So if you eat my food and I've prepared it with love, you are also eating my love, you know? Um, And you're feeling it and you're digesting it. um, And therefore are able to digest other things that on any other given day you might be like, I really struggle with gluten. Or like, dairy gives me a stomach ache. But like, I... Myself included, I shouldn't be eating those things. And then sometimes it's like, I will prepare like the glutiniest, <laughs> scariest thing in the world with love and then eat it and be totally fine. And my pants will not feel tighter and I will digest things. No problem. So to me, it's energetics. The thing energy, energy doesn't lie. And, and there it is all around you. And what a cool way to experience the world around you in that's more playful. Um, and can bring you back to yourself in, in, in these small ways, but but also in really big ways. Yeah, I could talk about it forever, so but I'll stop there.
0: Well, I I mean, I think we all need to like digest pun vibes. We need to digest everything Ooh, you've been saying, love a pun. But I am just so happy for you. I'm so proud of you. Thank you. It's so exciting to have watched your journey and how it has like culminated this afternoon, like, one hour ago. Um, but also, we'll continue for future retreats, and it's really great to see you learning and, and integrating all of these things that you're learning, and it's, it's just great. And and we cannot wait until November. I can't I mean, wait until November. Now it's just gravy. Everything on top of this is just, like, great. We, we There's nothing bad now anymore. <laughs> <laughs> well, now it's, like, you have to, like, put... put it's the fun part. It's yeah. the part that's, like... Bye.
1: Oh, yeah, this is
0: the glory, like the glorification part where everybody, this is what people are seeing. And, yeah. and even I was, this is, I mean, I was wrapping up, but I was going to mention that all these people have reached out to you and been like, Hey, Sonya." Sonia, <laughs> how do i run a, a successful <laughs> retreat <laughs> because you know all people see is that you sold out in a month they're not seeing these months and months and months of years, hard work years oh years. sorry yes years of hard literally work. years literally yeah. years yeah. Um, of hard work and then also this these last few months being this very intensive work um even more so they're only seeing the end result mm-hmm. so um yeah this is the this is the shiny part and you are somebody's shiny penny right now probably um but they need to go through their like cold frozen terrain vibe yeah like period (laughs) there's no substitute for it there is no substitute
1: for the work that is required to do anything of substance (laughs) (laughs) and i mean what else can be said about that nothing that is just the truth yeah
0: thank you so much for talking to me thank you okay talk to you in like two seconds two seconds bye bye Thanks for listening to the life in limbo podcast. If you liked this episode, please share it with a friend or reach out and let me know at Steph pellet on Instagram. I would love to hear from you as always. You can find show notes for this and all episodes at life slash podcast. Thanks for listening. And I'll talk to you soon.